Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Thanks to JLD Hot Sauce and Knives, Saints Happy Hour listeners now get to listen to the complete version of our weekly Twitter spaces the entire football season. If you want award-winning hot sauces like Boot Jolica or Reaper Madness Special Reserve, go to www.jldsharpsauce.com. They have incredible jellies such as palm and pepper. They also have an incredible selection of handmade knives for cooking, hunting, and your outdoor needs. Go check out the Zombie Killer Quartering Cleaver and tell me it's not the best damn quartering cleaver you ever saw in your entire life. Jerry Embler is a tremendous supporter of Saints Happy Hour, so we're asking you to support the people who support Saints Happy Hour. Go to www.jldsharpsauce.com to get the best hot sauces and knives at the best prices anywhere. Use promo code SAINTSHAPPYHOUR and get 10% off. That's www.jldsharpsauce.com. Hey, Ralph. Ralphie, Andrew, and Dave. All right, I got uh, a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you why. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the... Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Hey, Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. Eat piece of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious? Got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Huh? You gotta get, cut people down all the time? Is that what you gotta do? But, uh... Know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shoot out. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's that time of week where we get on Twitter spaces. As always, we are presented by JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. They sponsor Twitter spaces so you guys can hear it all. Uh, the entire episode. Andrew, tonight I'm pumped about this episode because we have a guy, we have two people. One, I've never had a, as a guest, but one of them, we had him as a guest last year and he was awesome. He's the co-host of Saints Twitter Pod. It's that boy Wolf, a.k.a. Ryan. Ryan, thanks for joining us, man. No, happy to be here, bro. appreciate it. Ryan, I want to get, you, you, you and... Uh, Adam, I was catching up on your pods th- this week because uh, traffic is picking back up in Houston, so my time in the car is longer. You really? guys had some great points about the defense and just how it's gotten better, and I just wanted to start there. Y'all were talking about AJ, how we were so excited about AJ Klein just being average <laughs> <and> linebacker, <laughs> and now we have we have this great linebacking call. This great linebacking core, this great defense. Um, is it is it strange to be in a world where we're like the defense is going to be awesome and that's going to carry us? 
just crazy, bro. Like when you think about that shit. Like just think about where we were. I'm sorry, uh, where we were what six years ago, seven years ago. And we would just, man, like we would just pray for a defense that would allow, you know, twenty one points a game, twenty two points a game. You know, we would I mean linebacker, oh my god, like we I just got to the point where I just figured we'd never gonna have a linebacker. Like, like you said, man, AJ, AJ Klein, bro. Like, I was like ecstatic. AJ Klein, AJ Klein couldn't even get on the field and get uh, with the with the Panthers. And he came here and he was like, man, he just tackles always in the right spot. Wow. So yeah, it's crazy, bro. Like just where the defense is now. Like you're, we. I'd be disappointed if they're not top three at least, bro. Like I'd literally be dis- disappointed. Andrew, when do we start? Like, what's the because defense? We talked about it on our pie. Like, defense is very volatile and it goes up and down. But, like, Andrew, when you, you know, we'll get into preview and training camp specific things in a minute. But this defense overall, like, what's your expectation of it? Then they made Dennis Allen the head coach basically because he kicks at, he, he's been great since he came back. What's your expectation of this defense at the end of the year? What do they have to be for you to be like, okay, Dennis Allen, you proved. You're a you can handle being a head coach and a defensive coordinator. Like, where does this defense have to be ranked for you to be happy with it at the end of the year? Oh, top five for sure. Um, yeah, sh- quick quick shout out to Ryan, man. Thanks so much for joining us. And TJ, I, I sent you a invitation to speak, so hopefully uh, he can get on here in a minute. And uh, we appreciate chat with him too. But no, I, listen, I, I think defensively, the the pause that I have when you lose your two starting safeties and, yeah. and also just like injuries and de- defense is, has way more fluctuation than offense. We, we know this, like things can fall off. One or two guys go down. If Demario Davis gets injured, like, is there a big fall off? So we, and we, we've seen already that this defense goes with Marcus Davenport. So if he's not on the field, that changes things. So, you know, I think from one season to the next, you don't know what you're going to get. But my hope is that the safeties can acclimate pretty quickly. And if, from a health standpoint, if things come together, I think this can be the best defense in the league. I, literally number one. So do I expect that? No. But I would be very disappointed. And, and frankly, this defense has to be top five, in my opinion, for the Saints to make a serious run. If there's anything less than that, I just I don't I don't think it's in the cards for a magical season. So I think they have to be that good in some sense to carry this roster a little bit. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Ryan, short of the Saints winning the Super Bowl, because that's the most fun and that'd be the most entertaining. But short of winning a Super Bowl, what's the funniest? most fun scenario for the 2022 Saints that'll just have you cackling with delight every single week? What I would love, bro, like, for Jameis, like, I don't I don't wish injury ever, but Jameis comes out the gate cooking. You know, we go on a win streak, say we start the season, you know, I don't know, 6-2 uh, and two or something like that. Then something happens where he misses, like, two or three games. And Andy Dalton come in that motherfucker and go three and zero. Oh my god! Lighten it up, you know what I'm saying? You're a and terrible person, Ryan. Back. Oh my god! Oh I just, my I just god. Know, like, that would be for quarterback controversy. Is that what you're saying? 
Yes, yes, I oh want a con- like a quarterback controversy between Andy Dalton and Jameis. Oh my God. Like that's you know That'd how many people we discussed this right. You know how many people would get fired from their jobs if Andy <laughs> Dalton goes three. You know, you're gonna have people saying inappropriate things about Jameis Winston on the Facebook getting fired. That would be. It would be funny, but my God, it would be it would be mayhem. Like, how good would if the Saints were six and two, Andrew, and and Andy Dalton went three and zero? How good would his three and zero have to be for people to seriously be like they need to keep Andy Dalton in? That's what I'm saying. He he, he goes three and zero, and it's not like Teddy Bridgewater three and zero. But I'm like, he's throwing touchdown. He's throwing touchdowns. He's cooking with Mike Thomas. Like, you're looking see, good, let's man. Be on, let's be honest. The Teddy Bridgewater five and zero was like poverty five and zero. That's so, what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, I think Andy Dalton, like, there could be no holes to poke in his performance. I'm talking like 14 touchdowns in one pick in three weeks, <laughs> like flawless football. That I think that it it, it would have to be even like I I would even go as far as to say like the defense would have to be top ranked but then have a really shitty game where they give up like 40 <laughs> points and Andy Dalton puts up 45 and they win anyway. <laughs> you, you, that shit would be hilarious, bro. Like, <laughs> See, I was thinking what would be funny would be we get 30 touchdown Jameis with 30 pick Jameis and the Saints just win anyway. <laughs> I thought that would be the funniest scenario. But Andy Dalton – Coming in and playing and building, giving us a quarterback controversy for the twelve and two Saints that tops it, Ryan. So you, your your scenario is funnier than mine. And then just think about it, because we went into the season like with no quarterback. Like <laughs> went to the season, you know, people ready to sell each child for the for the uh, for um, Deshaun Watson. Um, we, you know, we I'm sitting there wanting Kenny Pickett and shit like that. Like, and then you end up. You end up with like a quarterback controversy between Jameis Winston, and I just think that'll be hilarious, man. It won't happen like that, but that should have been fun. That would be funny. And That's they, all and I want. They... I want fun, bro. I want like a fun season. Like, are they going to win a Super Bowl, man? Like, highly unlikely. They have a chance. Like, it's not like out of the realm of possibility, but it's unlikely. Like, it's unlikely for most teams. But I just wanted to be fun. Like, like 2017 was like we was just fun. Oh, it was we didn't give a shit. Like, we was just whipping teams up. It was just fun. I what would just, you? How would you guys feel about a season where the defense is surprisingly bad and Demario oh. Davis gets maybe you know he's washed and oh. Cam Jordan is washed and Marcus May and Teron Matthew doesn't really take, but the receivers like it's Bizarro Saints from a year ago. Like the the receivers are so freaking good. Like Mike Thomas is back to Offensive Player of the Year level. Olave is. Like all three, him and Jarvis Landry, all three of them are a thousand yard receivers. And Jameis throws for you 5,500 yards. And the offense is just pouring like 38 points a week. We're in all these shootouts. You know, it's back to like 2011 Saints. And and they make the playoffs with a dog shit defense. I mean, I'm here for it. I've, I've, I've seen that story too one, much, so bro. I like, have I don't to... want to see that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have to put up with the Jameis as a top five. You've already been scarred with that. that. That's not new and exciting for you, right? <laughs> that's like, like this, like you know, they're just coming out another Halloween movie. It's like I don't need it anymore. I'm good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be, it would be really, really funny though. 
because Ryan, if 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 the Saints are winning and Olave is good, I can just mm. dunk on all the NFL experts like Adam Gale and Mina Kimes that are like the Saints were insane to give up five yeah. draft picks for Olave. I can be like, he's got thirteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns. They didn't pay <laughs> enough. Right. No, man, like, I, I, that's just so annoying, bro. Like, at the end of the day, man, it's like, who cares? It's like if you go and, like, if you buy a house and say you buy a house at the top of the market, you know, when the housing bubble is raging or whatever, but you like your house. Like, say your house is, that's you right. get the house you want. It's your dream house. You got the pool and the double garage. You got your man cave and all that shit. It's like, okay, who cares? Like, <laughs> Yeah, you probably overpaid for it, and you know maybe if you waited two years, you could have got it for like twenty thousand less. But who cares, man? Ralph makes a good point, though. Like, I, and I do feel, I do feel this, Ralph. I need some ammunition where, at the end of the season, we look back at all the criticism that the national media made on the Saints, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and, and and we leave saying they should have given up more. You look at the Mickey Loomis's trades, and you're like, you look back on it, you're like, it wasn't enough. Uh, my dream scenario, Ryan, is two things. I want to say they didn't give enough, up enough for Olave, and I want to dunk on all the people that said Mickey Loomis got fleeced by the Eagles. I want to say, hey, Howie Roseman, how did it feel to buy an NFT from Mickey Loomis? <laughs> you bought crypto. <laughs> From Mickey Loomis. How does it feel? That's my dream. Well, I hope the Eagles are bad. Like, I really wish them – I wish them harm and no success. Or like, – That would help. That would help a lot. Or a better scenario, Andrew. The Eagles are so bad, they fire their coach and they trade their first-round pick and they give us the Saints' first-round pick back for Sean Payton. That would be amazing. <laughs> If you were given the power right now <laughs> to make one team's season a disaster, I don't think I would pick the Falcons, actually, because I would trust that with Marcus Mariota and, and their yeah. trash heap of a roster that they're going to do terrible all, all on their own. Yeah. They, don't need, they don't need my help. They don't need my help. I, I would be tempted to pick – Tampa would be an obvious choice. I would also be tempted to pick Carolina just to make sure <laughs> Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield suck. So, like, those would all be in play, but I'm curious if, if you could pick one. Do you go with the low-hanging fruit? Do you pick Tampa, or, or would you actually pick the Eagles or, or someone else? I'd probably pick the Eagles, man. Like, I just want them to do bad. I just got so so tired of the shit talking from the trade. Um, oh, the Eagles are just so smart and just so shrewd. I'm just so sick of that shit, man. Like, I just want him to lose badly. We got TJ Jones. He's finally with us. TJ, how you doing tonight? Hey, how y'all doing, man? Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm doing great. Answer Andrew's question. If you could pick one team in the NFL to do horrible this year, who would you pick? Um, The Dallas Cowboys. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one, baby. <laughs> That's always yeah. Well, here's yeah, the thing, just, though, TJ. If the if the Cowboys do horrible, I think they could get – if the Cowboys are like one in nine or something horrible, I think the Saints could get like two firsts and two seconds out of Jerry Jones before Thanksgiving. 
Nah, I, I don't know about that because I think remember, like two first round picks are not created equal, and if they're one and nine, they're picking in the top five, mm-hmm. and that's just worth more than a team that's you know would maybe give up you know pick twenty six. I'm making this up, and and you know if Sean Payton's going to be their coach, you assume they're going to be pretty good the next year too. So like right, right? so like if if they're picking at twenty six, and then let's say the next year they pick at twenty nine that may not be as valuable to you as getting the fifth pick overall. That's true. TJ, were you, were you surprised at how quickly the Saints fan base went where we were ready to kill each other over Deshaun Watson? <laughs> it was like 50-50. We're fighting with the other people. They're pulling up old tweets of mine saying I'm a hypocrite, and I was. Uh, but we were ready to kill each other, and we moved from that – to, I did a poll today. Are you good where the Saints are, or would you rather Deshaun Watson? It was ninety-five to five. Everybody was like, "We're good." Are you surprised that Saints fans just like that got over it? We're like, Deshaun Watson never heard of him. No, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, here's the thing, man. People just want to win, and they want to win by any means necessary. That's just the way that it goes, you know. Deshaun Watson. People were willing to look past their transgression, you know, in order to win some football games. And, you know, you have some people that have reservations about Jameis Winston. Is he the guy? But you have a sure thing in Deshaun Watson. But, you know, once that didn't happen, you know, you know, now people can kind of backtrack and moonwalk like Michael Jackson at the 25th Motown anniversary. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, be like, ah, yeah, you know, uh, I'm good with Jameis, you know, but I just think that it all comes down to when I think people fell in love with the possibility of what Deshaun Watson can do. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a part of being a fan sometimes, you know, sometimes we, we are just so fixated on winning that we, we don't even remember we have a moral compass or at least we should have one. I, I cannot imagine Ryan, how awful it would be one if the Saints had gotten Deshaun Watson. My my drive into work would be horrible because you and Adam were like, we're not, we might not do this podcast if the Saints get Watson. No. But second of all, I cannot imagine us just being here like waiting for Goodell to just nuke the season into orbit and be like, yeah, Deshaun Watson, he's not coming back till 2020, 2025, Saints. Go fuck yourself. Like I can't imagine that that just hanging over your season. And then it's the Saints. So you know that punishment gonna be extra hard, bro. Right. Like he's gonna drop he gonna drop a hydrogen like hypersonic nuke. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm gonna make it glow. That's right. So yeah, bro, I'm glad I'm glad it didn't happen. You know, I turned a page on it. You know, me and Adam, we were outspoken about it. Took a lot of heat. You know, got a lot of love and a lot of heat for it, but it just didn't matter. It just ain't, it didn't, never felt right with me, bro. Like, some people, like, I'm not one of these, like, super moral, you know, oh, you know, I want a cookie-cutter quarterback. Like, I'm willing to look past a lot of shit, but, man, something just never felt right with him. Like, it feels like something that's going to haunt, like, whoever gets him is going to haunt him. And the Browns feeling that now, bro. The Browns can't even have, like, a happy press conference right now. Like, every press conference they have is like a funeral. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, want, I don't want that shit, bro. Like, I'm good with Jay. I know he, he's not as good as a quarterback, but at least with Jameis, man, it's like we can get, like, some fake faith. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we could fake me. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want that shit, bro. 
All right, we but TJ and Ryan, we got some people. We got Buddy and we got freaking about football. Uh, Butteridge, funniest scenario for the Saints in 2022 that would just make you happy. It would be Andy Dalton somehow landing the court, quarterback position and still somehow leading the Saints to the playoffs. <laughs> that would be hilarious. And I think it's fully capable, too, just because he managed to do it with Cincinnati, and I think this team is equivalent to the early 2010 Cincinnati team where they could just sneak into the playoffs regardless. Maybe. Uh, Butterich, you sound like you're you're in a tunnel. I gotta go. The one thing that would worry me about um, about Andy Dalton playing well for the Saints, though, I think Jameis one of one might fly to New Orleans and kill him. Like I would worry for Andy Dalton's safety if he started playing well and Jameis was like out for. A I, I, I want to congratulate uh, Bud, Budrich, uh for his audio because <laughs> that, I, I think he is topped the worst ever audio <laughs> and that that's a tall mouth that's climb. a tall you, aura ryan and tj i know you guys know this i know you, you go through the mics you go through the settings on your computer and it takes oh, yeah. time to dial it in and figure it out but uh but i learned from wealth bro i learned from wealth like i just stopped caring by our standards that was impressive that was it i mean we interviewed drew mcgarry and he said and, and he sounded like he was in the tunnel Riding the subway, but Butteridge underwater. Underwater, but Butteridge just topped it. Uh, TJ, we're getting into camp. What? Mm -hmm. What's the one? If I said to you, you have the magic ability to fix any question mark that you have with the Saints for the tight end, whatever you can fix it. What position on the Saints that you think is average or below average? Would you lay hands on? and make it slightly above average? I would say the tight end position. I mean, the yes. tight end position is the biggest question mark on this team. I mean, other positions, you're more, mostly concerned about depth. But the tight end position is where, you know, I, I'm a little bit concerned. I mean, we look at Adam Troutman, the Saints drafted him in the third round, and you thought that maybe he was going to be the guy to replace the Josh Hill and the Jared Cook. But it just hasn't panned out, man. I mean, I, I don't know, man. You know, you, you want a player that got some dog in him. I, I don't see the dog in Adam Troutman. You know, like I, I see a guy that just trying to figure it out. It, it seems like to me like he's counting his steps, you know, when he's going to do his cut. You know, it just seems like to me you, you have a guy who is not sure of himself. And when you have a guy that's not sure of himself, you don't have a good football player. I mean, you got some guys that are some question marks, like, you know, Taysom Hill, you know, coming over well, from the quarterback position and and that, Juwan Johnson, you know, but that's nah, my question, that's Ryan. I'm concerned. I see Michael Thomas, he's on Instagram, he's on Twitter showing us video of him running, cutting. Taysom Hill, his feet are wrecked. Like why isn't Taysom yeah. like doing it giving us a video of him out working out, cutting, <laughs> running routes? I don't I don't think Taysom ever did show video, but where is Taysom? Like I just ain't seen him since since he left the field uh, against the Falcons, bro. Like, yeah. So everybody like everybody penciling him in is like, man, well, we got Taysom. He's gonna be good. I'm like, bro, like, like he's like 39 years old coming <laughs> off of this frame. Yeah, we we don't even know that he's capable of walking right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I just gotta see it with him, bro. And the rest of the tight ends, like you know, man, we sitting there hoping for crawl crawl season. 
hoping he's the guy. Um, I've been beating the table for bring Jared Cook back, man. I know people oh don't love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, you, you. Ryan, you chose violence tonight. You, you, yeah, you gave him back, man. Wait, you man, chose what's, violence. What's wrong with Jared Cook? Jared Cook. Man, nothing wrong with Jared Cook, man. <laughs> dude fumbled one ball, and now all of a sudden, like, he, he was the worst tight end. Like, man, this dude had a pretty good, decent, you know, couple, couple years with the Saints. I, I could get that, over it, I guess. If he cooked the, the Falcons. The, fir- the first year with the Saints, Jared Cook was pretty solid. Yeah, he was. He was. I'm just saying, you know, I know, I mean, look, we, we got our feelings about him. Even CD Deuce spoke on him, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I'm just like, it just wouldn't hurt. Like, I don't think it would hurt to bring Jared Cook back, you know what I'm saying? He gonna, he'll, look, I, I say this. He'll be better than any of those other tight ends they have. I guarantee right. you that. No yeah. question. Could CD Deuce, it, he came that- off the top rope today. Straight at Tampa, didn't 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 take his time. Came off the top rope at Mike Evans. He might be already like a top three all time trash talking saint. Yeah, bro. No who, would you, who would you put ahead of him? I don't know. Like that's the thing. I was thinking that today. Like, I'm really dating myself here, but Brian Cox really loved to run his mouth. Yeah, but he never – did he ever back it up one time with the Saints? No, nah, he, he was a little washed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Who else talked trash for the Saints back Gene then? Gene Atkins. Gene Atkins used to talk trash. But that was mm-hmm. like it wasn't as, it wasn't as visceral because it was like you read it in the paper, so it didn't really come to life. CD is like on social media, so it, it, you, right. it comes to life. He might be – he might be – Number one, and here's my question, Ryan. If I said to you, one player is going to get an extension before before next Tuesday when veterans report. If I said pick one, who who do you think it's going to be? Oh, that's a good question. Like I would hope it would be CD, but I'm not sure, man. I'm not. I'm not extremely confident they're going to extend CD. Um, it would probably be. That's a good question, man. Who would TJ, be? you McCoy, got any McCoy, thoughts McCoy, on it? McCoy's got to be the answer, right? Yeah, I, I would have to say Eric McCoy. Um, yeah, look, Eric McCoy. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm a big, huge uh, John Madden fan. You know, John Madden believed that you build the team on the offensive line. I mean, you need yourself a really good offensive line if you're going to get anywhere. I don't care who your quarterback is. I mean, you got to be able to hold, be yep. able to hold that line in order for the quarterback to make plays. And Eric McCoy, you know, he he is a solid offensive lineman. I mean, you know, he is a guy that, you know, the Saints can count on. So I would say him. You know, you, you have to – if you have a guy that's a really good offensive lineman, he has to be top priority. And, you know, I, I feel like when it comes to C.D. Deuce, though, I feel like he's the most necessary New Orleans Saint on the team right now. Like, it's, I'm about, as far as, like, his personality. And I, I said this before, he embodies – what the city of New Orleans is all about, you know, unapologetic, unapologetically him. That is what that is no what question. New Orleans is all about. So to me, you know, I think that he is the most necessary saint. But I feel like Eric McCoy is going to get his contract due to his position before CD does. Yeah, I agree. No, I was just thinking if we did if we did a bracket, Andrew, and we did like funnest Saints moments ever. I think like CD. Just taunting Brady last year at Sunday Night Football might be like a top five seed. 
might be recency bias. Yeah, and then, but there's also the gift that it gave us of Brady spiking the tablet <laughs> because clearly he got in his head. Well, absolutely. And that's another. That, I think that's another uh, notch in this belt you got to take into consideration. I mean, look, this guy has the greatest quarterback in some people's circles of all time rattled. I mean, on the sidelines. I mean, look, the, the two times that you've seen players get outside of themselves, you know, with uh, Wims and, and Brady, you know, it was so blatant. <laughs> I, I haven't seen – like, usually, like, you see guys trash talking, you know, they'll be on the side, you'll probably see a little nudge right. when the referee isn't around. Javon Williams like walked up to him, Bruh, didn't care. That shit, Zero that shit was so funny. And ripped the, the mouthpiece off his helmet. I mean, that that right there tells you like this dude is a top notch trash talker. I mean, he's like he he didn't I'm care, legend. man. He, he he did not care. He, he he was willing to sacrifice it all just to get to him. So for that, I think he has to be the top trash talker. Freaking about football, what you got for us tonight? Uh, so, no, he's definitely a top notch, uh, uh, CJ, uh, CD is definitely a top notch a trash talker. I still remember he got a Chicago bear. I think it was like Anthony Miller to, uh, to attack him and get, uh, and get thrown out at, in a playoff game in the same season, right after they oh, just get <laughs> uh, go out. And then there was also that time when I think it was Calvin Ridley went after him and like tried to hit him in a hail Mary play instead of actually trying to catch the ball. Like, <laughs> that's right. like top trash talking. Yeah, that that that's elite level trash talking. Uh, I I wanted to go back to the um to the uh which team would you want to see like fail? Like if you can like magically make them fail. For me, it would be Arizona, just Ooh. because if Arizona fails, they're gonna fire their god awful head coach. Um and. They have, like, you know, the pieces that Sean Payton wants in a team. You know, they got the quarterback. They have, like, the weapons and whatever. Uh, and I feel like they're they're in that division with, like, the Rams. And they saw the Rams, like, you know, basically say F them picks and trade all of them away for stuff. And, like, they draft terribly. So I don't think they actually value their first-round picks anymore. <laughs> and I feel like they would be the team that'd be like, okay, Kyler Murray's still not like uh, we need to keep Kyler Murray, otherwise he's gonna leave us for baseball. We're gonna give you all the picks. Ooh, Just I give like us Sean Payton. I like that. I, I I would be down with that. And thanks, freaking, uh, just for joining us as always. Appreciate it. You know, I I think that's an interesting one. I think there's a lot of moving pieces with that. So that's where I would be nervous. Did you know there is a great and easy way to support Saints Happy Hour? Even if you aren't a patron, Amazon Prime users can support Saints Happy Hour for free. Just click on the text in this episode's description that says instructions on how Amazon Prime users can support the show. It will only take you three minutes, and the best part is it doesn't cost you anything. You just do a couple of clicks, and you give us $3 of Jeff Bezos' money. So go do it right now. And remember to do it every month. So if you haven't done it yet this month, go do it. And thank you for supporting Saints Happy Hour. You know, listen, I, I think, Ralph, when we talk about the Saints, man, and the season coming up, there's so many things that, that, you know, whether you're talking about things being fun or whether you're talking just about our hopes and dreams for the season, you know, I've got to go back to C.D. Deuce and just, you know, I, I've said this before, like I'm a little bit more hesitant on the long-term deal because of Junior Gallette. That's like made me a little 
gun shy about guys that we love that are fun, that are outspoken, that are a little crazy. And then I just remember that with Junior. We all loved him. He was a fan favorite right up until he got that contract. And, you know, I think a lot of people would say, no, no, this is different. But but, but is it? You know, we don't know that yet. So that, that, that's where I get a little scared. But to freaking about football's point, okay, and, and this is when you want to talk about next-level trash talking, I think you put him straight into the Saints Hall of Fame when you consider – that he got a Chicago Bears player ejected. And when the, they played the Saints in the playoffs later that season, the head coach spent time during the week holding <laughs> his team up, specifically telling him, this guy likes to run his mouth. Don't punch him. Don't get ejected. Don't let him get in your head. And he did it anyway. <laughs> Wow. He playing game tape. He got to play game tape on CD Deuce talking trash, bro. <laughs> you think he, like, he stops the clicker. He's like, this is where you went wrong. This is, this is where you went wrong. He's like, literally Freak. said it in his press conference. He's like, what's most frustrating is that we spent time during the week. We took away from the game planning to talk about how we weren't going to let him get in our head, like, and he like, did it anyway. Like, to me, that's an asset, man. Like, to have somebody on your team that can do that, to the point where didn't they make a new rule, like, in the NFL? Like, the new Taunton rule. Like, that's C.D. Deuce, bro. Yeah. Like, that's C.D. Deuce yeah. created that. I mean, and the thing about C.D. Deuce is, is clearly, like, he is he's next level because he – doesn't react like he's just like yeah. oh I, I of course i That's talked it. to him and i and this this person they their their head exploded and they took a swing at me and they connected of course they did but whatever i knew it was coming like it's just he, he, i i love how his hands go up immediately and he goes what did i do i didn't do anything <laughs> my thing is what can he possibly say like what is he saying because bro like I, I went to you know new orleans parish public schools we real. We said the worst things possible. I'm like, as an NFL player, like, what can you possibly say to me that would make me just say fuck it? Like, I'm, just, I'm about to haul off and punch this dude. I think, I think it's a combination of he will say anything about their mothers, their sisters, their daughters. I mean, I, I, I am picturing him saying some sick shit. All right, <laughs> but on top of that, I think he's just relentless. He is so annoying, and and I think that's where. I don't think it's so much what he says, it's that he doesn't stop. And at some point, you're just like, you can't take it anymore. You're like, I want to leave the game. I want to get thrown out so I don't have to listen to him anymore. I heard a story before about a coach, uh, well, a player was talking about his coach, and he said that, you know, they scout other players. You know, they, they check mm-hmm. their social medias. You know, if they having like woman issues, if they having like you know, uh, like kind of like uh, tweets that that kind of can be triggering or something like that, they 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 tell players and be like, hey man, you know, such and such was having a a problem with his girlfriend, you know, on Tuesday, you know, like maybe you might want to mention that in the game, you know, they, they they just as much as they scout about X's and O's, they they scouting Twitter and and Instagram and stuff to trying to see. What make these players tick? So it wouldn't surprise me, you know, that he getting a little bit of a bulletin board material I can from see. CD somebody Deuces, else. You're saying he's on the dark web or or deep, <laughs> deep, deep into Reddit Saturday night before the Falcons game. 
and he's gonna have something. He's gonna have something for Marcus Mariota or or the Falcons receiver. It makes, it makes me think of that Scott Fujita Oreo taunt on Peyton Manning. You know, he's talking about his Oreo, his double stuffed Oreo, <laughs> and, and, and like CD. I, I just I picture CD being like. And Fujita, get that weak shit out of here! Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like a professional like version of what Fujita was so proud of that shit. I eat Oreos faster than you. And he's like telling Scott Shannon, like, "Hey, I told I told Peyton Manning Oreo jokes." Yeah, Shannon's like, "Oh, great." That's that's. that's <laughs> CD Deuce is like, "Step aside. Let the, let let the adults let the adults do the trash talking, Scott." Um, but TJ. I look at this offensive line for the Saints, and I'm I'm concerned about it in this sense is I think if tackle's a little shaky, they got James Hurst. If one of the guards is bad, it can work. But if they have two issues, you combine that with Jameis's history of taking a lot of sacks, that's the thing I think of all all the Saints issues. That's the one that I worry about the most. The, the offensive line, they can't have two two sort of problems to deal with. Yeah, I mean, look, that is a big concern. Um, I think that, I, I say this all the time on the State of the Saints, if, uh, <laughs> I think we have to have another, like, high level of appreciation for Drew Brees and how great he was, because I think that Drew Brees made that offensive line look better than what they actually were. And I think yep. that a lot of those accolades and being in the top five offensive line, it had a lot to do with Drew Brees being a, a, another mm-hmm. offensive coordinator on the field telling these guys what they need to do. And now you don't have that anymore. You don't have that luxury. I think that, uh, you yep. know, they're, they're starting to become a little bit more exposed. Yes, it is a little bit of a concern, um, especially when you look at guys like Cesar Ruiz, you know, who uh, looks like he's uh, trying to, you know, you know, try to audition for uh, Disney on ice, the way he slides across, you know, like it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's embarrassing, man. But at the same time, uh, I would hope that, you know, with, you know, some of the moves that they made when it comes to coaching, you know, getting uh, Doug Marone, uh, he has a history of uh, kind of helping that position. Maybe that'll be something that can be beneficial to them. And maybe, you know, I'm just hoping, I mean, we have no choice. But that Jameis Winston has, you know, kind of turned the corner with some of these issues that he has. You know, some of the things that Jameis does, I mean, you're kind of deep in your career. It's going to stay with you. But for him to have, like, make smarter decisions in order for him to be able to be successful, I think that's what we're all uh, kind of hoping. But, I mean, as far as the offensive line, this is Cesar Ruiz's last chance. It's rather you got it or you don't. And right now, it looks like he doesn't have it. Yeah, TJ, um, I'm really glad you mentioned that about Breeze. You know, it's funny. Recently on Twitter, and uh, actually I'm going to get back to this point in a second, uh, Joey Russo, who's in in the chat, just texted me that the Tampa Bay Bucks have just signed, per Adam Schefter on Twitter, they've just signed Kyle Rudolph, so they got a veteran tight end in the mix in Tampa. Mm -hmm. And Tampa, once again, getting kind of these older veterans that have been successful in the league, so that's annoying. But uh, anyway... I'm glad you mentioned that about Breeze because I feel like recently I tweeted something positive about Breeze and just kind of reminding everyone how great he was. And all the Jameis stands kind of came after me. And they were like, why you got to what, – what Jameis can do that too. And I'm like, I'm allowed to 
history of Breeze and what he did for the Saints on the field as an amazing player <laughs> and, and still like Jameis too. And I get to root for him too because I want him to succeed because he's a starter for the Saints and I want him to be successful. But like there is this weird vibe on Twitter right now that when you say something nice about Breeze, it's like a slight against Jameis. I don't get it. Yeah. Those are people that don't really understand football, in my opinion. You know, I just think that the world kind of pits one person against the other, and that's kind of like the wave that's going on right now. Like, you can't like both of them. That's right. Look, no, look, you have to be an idiot not to know what Drew Brees has done and, and have an appreciation for it. But at the same time, you know, I mean, he, he is great. And that's something that people just have to understand. It's not a slight at, at Jameis. It's the greatness of Drew Brees. Well, well – I'm excited about Jameis this year, but I, 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 you know, I think about the 30 interceptions sometimes, and I, I think that they're going to let him loose a little bit this year. I think he's going to get more aggressive. But I'd like both of you guys to answer this, Ryan and TJ. You know, Ryan, we'll start with you. Like, what's a reasonable expectation to have for how Jameis will play this season? Well, I mean, if you just look at the whole season, let's say he plays the full season. Um, I think it's reasonable to think he'll throw for 30 or more touchdowns. He's not going to throw 30 interceptions playing for the Saints because they won't let him. He's just not. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the fact that he did that for the Bucks was a travesty. Like, you bitch, you, if you throwing, if you had it for 30 touchdowns, you bitched the guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that was just crazy. So he's not going to throw for 30. But he, I could see him throwing 30-plus touchdowns. Um He's been working on his uh, short and intermediate game. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, so I think, you know, I do think his completion percentage will maybe improve a little bit. Um, he's going to put up yards, man. I don't I don't see them – Sean Payton not in the building, so I don't think he's going to have that handcuff, handcuff on him like he had last year. So he's going to cut it loose a little more. And, look, he got talent now, bro. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for him to have, like – 31 touchdowns, you know, 15 interceptions, um, you know, 4,800 yards and, you know, 62% completion percentage, you know, and, it just, and you know, maybe a fumble or two. I could just see that being – and that's a really good season. Like, that's a that's that, good quarterback get you, season. That'll get the Saints 10 wins if they're relatively healthy, I think. TJ, No what? question about it, especially if the defense is uh, any good. TJ, what's yeah. the reasonable expectation for Jameis? To me, a reasonable expectation is I think that Jameis Winston, in my opinion, is going to have his best season statistically he ever had in his entire career. I mean, I, I look at – I'm serious. Like, I look at – people like to, you know, focus in on the 30 for 30 as if Jameis Winston didn't play, you know, uh, four more years before that actually happened. Right. If you look at all of the interceptions, and I know this because I just wrote an article about this on the Who That Dish, he averages about 14 interceptions per season if you take away from the 30 interceptions that he has. So that's right. pretty much the average. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody is not going to be Aaron Rodgers where you have single-digit interceptions every single year. Guys, you know what I'm saying, are going to roll into that 10 to 15 interception mm-hmm. uh, category each year as a quarterback. Look, Pete Carmichael is a really good offensive coordinator. I know we – I, I like to say that he's been on Juicy Fruit duty for 16 years, you know, kind of <laughs> holding the clipboard. And, you know, if uh, Sean Payne need a, a stick of Juicy Fruit, he's there. 
But we have to take into account, man, when he was calling the plays. He was responsible for that game where the Saints put up 62 points back in 2011. When he was calling the plays, they averaged over 400 yards in total offense. So the dude knows what he's doing. And, and you know, so I do think that you're, you're going to see a, a little bit of balance when it comes to New Orleans Saints. I've never seen a defensive coordinator who has become a head coach and don't really have a balanced attack and don't put emphasis on the running game. I mean, if you find one, please let me know. I mean, you look at uh, these coaches, they want the, the they want the team to kind of reflect their type of personality. And Dennis Allen, you know, being a defensive coordinator all those years, he is a physical guy and he wants a physical team. So I think that they're going to throw the ball, but I think they're going to have a balanced attack as well. But statistically, I think he's going to have his best season uh, touchdown interception ratio wise. And also just, um, you know, as far as his completion percentage, I just, you know, some of that is going to be Alvin Kamara, you know, getting the ball in his hand, <laughs> about the, you know, for a three yard pass and turning it to about 50 yards. But uh, I think he's going to have his best season to uh, statistically, honestly. Yeah. And, Ryan, and, and, and TJ, I mean, just to take that a step further and, and man, I, I that would be incredible if that happens. I, I think, I think it is in the realm of possibility, and but if it comes to fruition, I think the Saints really can make a run in the playoffs if he if he has that kind of season. You know, again, the defense has to be top five, but then I I think you really mm-hmm. are talking about a contender. Does Jameis? So I'm we're we're talking about Jameis looking at a hundred dollar hundred million dollar contract on the mm-hmm. other side right. of, of playing at at that level, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, look, this, his contract right now is a prove deal. I mean, you look at the contract that he got, you know, it, it's like, okay, we like you. We'll give you a chance. You know, if you do something, maybe we can go back to the table then. Um, you know, but if he puts up that type of type of numbers, then he has earned his money. You know, and I'm, I'm look, I'm a firm believer. When God does the work, he works hard. Uh, he gets dialed in. Get that man his money. You know, like, so – and if, you know, if he does show promise and he and he does put up really good numbers, I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want him to come back, oh. you know, and be the quarterback for the foreseeable? Absolutely. Season? You wouldn't yes. want to see him leave. So I mean, if the yeah, Saints I mean, if the Saints go 10 to 12 wins and Jameis is really good, Ryan, can he win a Super Bowl? I don't know. But to me, we all want to win championships. But if you told me, Jameis is going to be good, and you're going to be competitive and rele- relevant for for the next three to five years with Jameis. Pay him the t- pay him the four yeah. years, thirty million dollars mm-hmm. a year. Uh, you you don't give higher. up a top ten quarterback to go chase a top two quarterback. You know it's it's just too unlikely to land one, especially when you don't have a top five pick. Now I think where it gets difficult. Let's say Sean Payton gets traded. Let's say let's say Sean Payton gets traded. And then all of a sudden you've got an opportunity in the top five and a quarterback's available there. Jameis has had just had a good season, but he's on a one year deal. That that I think that could be a tough situation for the Saints where they have to kind of juggle do we take a rookie who's maybe we think could be the next Aaron Rodgers kind of thing? Or do we stick with this guy that's maybe never gonna be top five or we don't think he's gonna be, but he's top ten. That would be a tough situation. Yeah. The interesting thing, Ryan, about the whole Jameis discussion, and it got a little—I knew it—I knew it got out of control when I was like, "If Jameis can be as good as Tannehill was in 2019 and 2020, 
for Tennessee, we'll have a parade. And people screamed at me for three days about how dare you compare the great Jameis Winston to Tannehill. I was like, what? I was like, you people, you've lost your minds. You you watch Tannehill in the they one playoff watch- game, and you yeah. think he's terrible. That means they didn't watch Tannehill. Like, Tannehill, those two seasons, 19 and 20, like, he he played like a top-five quarterback. Not saying he's a top-five quarterback or whatever. I'm just saying, like, statistically, his production, like, his production is, is just the way he played on the field. He played as a top-five quarterback. He threw not only, you know, not even just yards, but, like, just the attempts he threw, he was tough. Yeah. He would throw some of the, like, the toughest throws, like, when dudes, like, right on him, ready to annihilate him, he would just throw stick throws down the field. Um, he was accurate. Um, like, if you get that out of Jameis, and, like, we saw some of that last year. Yeah. You get that out of Jameis, man. Like, you pay him. I don't think the Titans regret paying uh, Ryan Tannehill at all. And I think the thing with Tannehill, the reason why I use that comparison is you look at Tennessee, to me, they did everything with right with Tannehill. They're like, oh, Tannehill, you work well off of play action. We got Derrick yeah. Henry. We'll just run play action and boots all day long. And not saying that yeah. Jameis is that kind of player, but Tennessee realized what Tannehill was, and they did right. every – they built everything to make him thrive. Um, exactly. And I just – I just re- realized, Ryan, when you talk about – the thing is with Saints fans, when if we and you are talking about Ruiz and we're like, Ruiz is terrible and he needs to get better, we hope he gets better so the Saints offensive line is pretty good, fans don't view that as a referendum on the Saints. But whenever you talk about the quarterback, how fans view – your opinion of the quarterback as a referendum on the team. So they're, they right. have a hard time when I say, hey, I think Jameis is going to be like the 12th best quarterback. They're like, well, you think the Saints aren't going to be any good? I'm like, no, he's going to be like the 12th best quarterback. They're going to win 10, 11 games. It's going to be fun. But the, how you feel about the quarterback, most fans view it as a referendum on what you think of the season. No, that's true, bro. That's true. But they got to let that shit go, man. Like, <laughs> The Saints don't have a top five quarterback. They don't, you know, and that's okay. Like that's okay. We're hoping. Jim, I think out of what most teams, they went five and zero with Teddy Bridgewater. They won games with Taysom Hill. Exactly, and I think just when you look at it, with the money they playing, they paying uh, with the money they paying J- James Winston, and the leadership he brings to the team. If you, you know, have you seen the little videos and shit like that? Like man, like the Saints got a bargain. When you think about it, bro, like, and if he does play well, which he can, like, we've seen it last year, if he plays even better this year, man, like, bro, that's like, that's like super, like, super bargains they got. Like, talk, fuck all the picks that they gave up to the Eagles and all that shit. Like, you get a bargain on a quarterback, that's hard, bro. Unless you're picking one, like, you know, as a rookie, and you, you know, you hit the, you know, hit the draft pick like that, but that's hard to do in free agency. We got lucky. If that'll be the case, we've got lucky twice. With Drew Brees with his first contract, and with uh, Jameis Winston. TJ, where's Michael Thomas going to land? Like when 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 we get to the, when we get to December and we're doing this roundtable again, and we're talking about the Saints, where's Michael Thomas's season going to land for production? Like what's he what's he going to be? Because we ain't seen him in two years. <laughs> well, I think that uh, he's going to. I have no uh, no. Uh, other option than to believe that he's going to be what he once was. 
You know, I, I think they've been kind of keeping this under wraps. I think that something really serious happened uh, with his ankle. Um, I had an orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Jesse Morris, on my podcast, and he talked a little bit about the time where, you know, Michael Thomas could have, you know, uh, held off that surgery and him trying to rehab it. He could have did some more damage to him and also developed arthritis. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. Like, usually, like, you'll hear a little something about a player. Like, what's going on with him? You, you don't hear anything. It's like this is the most – this is this is like some, some CIA, FBI type <laughs> stuff, you know? Like, you know, I mean, right. it's amazing. But I do feel um, he, he – I think that he's not going – you know, he's, I don't think he's going to be putting up 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns, like when he won Offensive Player of the Year. But I think that he's probably going to, you know, fall into, like, around, the, you know, second year. Uh, when he was in the league, you know, 12, 1,300 yards or something Damn. like that, you know, because I, I, you have to take into account Chris Olave and uh, and also Jarvis Landry. And I expect, like, guys like Callaway and also, you know, to, uh, to make plays. So I don't think that he'll be, like, you know, mega trying the second coming or something like that. But I definitely think he's going to make people remember how special he is. And I think he's going to be a key contributor because right now he's starting to look a little bit more like his uncle. When it comes <laughs> with some of these catches and, and no touchdowns, and what? When last time he had a touchdown? Well, he hasn't had a regular season mm. touchdown in two years, right? Because right. I think he only had one touchdown against against Chicago, right? That's right. So when, yeah, and so the funny, the funny thing is, if he years. goes for like eighty catches, Andrew, like eighty catches and like over a thousand yards, like his twenty million dollars salary will be a bargain because receivers get ridiculous money now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a good point, um, man. I, Honestly, if, if you gave me that right now, I would take it. And, and this is why I'm so glad they got Olave, they got Jarvis Landry. I, I just think it takes a little bit of the pressure off. And even yeah. even let's yeah. even let's say training camp doesn't go so well, and maybe he doesn't reaggravate his injury, but maybe he's just you know he's dealing with scar tissue and he's just not moving quite as well. And you know, let, let's let's say either he misses the first week of the season while he's dealing with that, or or even he just, you know, first couple games, you know, he has like a three-catch for 37-yard game and then a four-catch for 28-yard game. And, you know, it's like he's making a couple plays, he's getting a couple first downs, but it's not Michael Thomas. And I just think it's not all or nothing like it was last year where yeah. he was out and all of a sudden you're like, okay, Traquan Smith and Callaway, like what, what you got? guys like you and oh by the way the best corner on that team is, is covering you and mm. it, it's not going to be that this year and so I, I think that's honestly when you look at the receivers that the Saints had last year it, it's a borderline miracle the stat line that Jameis Winston put up I mean you really, when you consider mm-hmm. what he was he was trying to throw to I think his it was a Herculean effort to put up those kind of stats considering what he was dealing with. And so I just think it's not just about Michael Thomas. It's about this offense having options and Jameis having reliable weapons that he can throw to. Cause the thing with Jarvis Landry, man, like you, everyone likes to call Michael Thomas slant boy. Jarvis Landry is slant boy. I'm going to tell you right oh, now, like you want five <laughs> yards, you want to move the chains on third and three and Jarvis Landry will do that for you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Ryan, every year in training camp, well, not every year, but but consistently sometimes, we get to training camp and it'll be a point of like, oh, man, that dude's kind of cooked. 
and Lamont. <laughs> it was Murray last year, although for Baltimore, he ended up being okay. But they were desperate at running back. That's why they played him. I worry that Mark Ingram, Saints Hall of Famer, yep. leading rusher, yep. great player. I worry that like a week in the camp or two weeks or the first game, we're going to see Mark Ingram get a handoff and we're going to go, oh, no. Oh no no no! This is bad. like not just Mark Ingram, but but if is it is Mark Ingram? I guess my question is Mark Ingram the guy that is most likely to be cooked in camp, yes. or do you have another name that you're thinking about? No, it's it's, it's Mark Ingram, bro. It was already little uh, some tweets about him during mini camp or whatever. Um, it looked like man, he's been you know he's been diminishing the last two years. Dealing with injuries. I mean, that's how quarterback, I mean, running back lives in. It's dealing with nagging injuries, leg injuries. It just is what it is. I love Mark, man. I love that he's on the team, and I, I hope he could at least be healthy and be a contributor. But, man, he's you can't expect him to be what he was. You just can't, bro. Like, I, I don't think the running back position is complete yet. They're going to shuffle in guys throughout training camp, probably at the end of training camp when they do cuts. They're going to they're gonna bring some Jack Moore in. You know, I'm it's, telling you, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling this running back situation, and this, this feels like the the Gillisley season where you know they brought him in and he fumbled a bunch and was terrible. <laughs> it, 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 just feels like, it feels like we're going to bring in some veteran like Gillisley, and we're going to try to give him you know eight carries in a game, and it's going to be terrible. And I, I feel like we're doomed for a season of that, especially if Kamara gets suspended. But I, I, I'm actually – I got a, a dark horse one for you, Ralph. And, and this is one that would scare me, okay, kind of going back to your offensive line thing where, you know, if two guys don't work out, it starts to get a little dicey. I'm going to say that Andrews Pete is oh. the guy I look at as a potential, like, what if he doesn't come in? He missed most of last year, and he was pretty terrible before he got hurt. And <laughs> I don't know, man, like – Pete's kind of been looking awful for the last couple of years, like Michael Thomas. Ooh. And I, that that's a guy I worry about. Like, do we just assume he's going to come back and be back to like his peak level when he made the pro bowl? Or could Pete kind of be one of the, like a Cedric Ellis situation where he falls off of a cliff out of nowhere. <laughs> and that, that, that he's a guy that worries me. That's a good, that's a good name. It's a sad ending. It's a sad way to wrap up the podcast, man. The show, maybe, but that's a good that's a good name, though, TJ. Like, like because because we've seen it with offensive linemen, right? Remember Stinchcomb in 2011? He mm. came in, he like practiced one day. He's like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, done, I'm cooked. I'm wrapping it up. My, my thing about Andrews Pete is, I'm like, when was he ever good? I'm serious. Like, I don't, I don't. It, it just seems like no matter how mediocre he is, it don't matter how bad he plays, when you look at the Pro Bowl vote, he in there. I, I, I'm like, what are they, yeah, what well, they I, saw? I, I, you what know what I seen? think it is, TJ, with him? It's So, you know, Pro Bowl voting is coaches vote, players vote, and fans <laughs> vote. It's, it's equal parts, you know, one-third of each. And I can promise you, Pete is not getting in on fan votes. I can promise you he's not getting that. that that's not what's getting him in. So you, you, is I, it, is the, the like reason that old... Pete gets in is I think, you know, he's not the best pass blocker. 
but he physically in the trenches, and I think, you know, this is harder to see and necessarily on tape or whatever, but like on third and one, when you're at the goal line and you get in the end zone, right. And, and there's mm-hmm. a, his physicality in the trenches. I think players see it when they go up against him and coaches see it when they study the film. And I think that's where he gets respect. And that's why he's been in the pro line. And I agree with you. I think there's a lot of moments and especially us as fans, they stand out because he would get Drew Brees lit up. But I think that's where he gets respect. Wait, Andrew, you gotta exp- you gotta explain your theory on Pete, and you always tell you remind me of it every year. Your 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 theory of Pete is like Armstead spoiled us, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but you were like Armstead spoiled us because he was such a great tactician. He could play with one arm or one leg, and you were like, when Pete is banged up, it is a bad idea. You do not want him to play. If he's not healthy. Yeah. Well, I think part of it with him is he, he's such a, he wins with force and he's not a big technique guy. And and Armstead really had no weaknesses. He was fast. He was quick. He was strong. He had perfect technique. So like when one thing would go away, like bum ankle, he wasn't maybe as laterally as quick because of the bum ankle. So he relied on his strength and he relied on his technique or bum, bum knee or, if he lost his strength, the time he injured the pec or, you know, the time he had some extremity issues, uh, he, maybe he lost his strength. Well, he relied on his pulling ability and his speed, and he'd rely on his technique again in, in those situations. So I think he was able to mitigate things really well. And, and we, we know this. Armstead played really well injured. Pete is 100% brute force. So when he starts to feel pain from the injuries that he's playing with, and he loses a little bit of that physical edge, I think I think it turns south really quickly for him. Before we get before we get out of here, I want two things. I want TJ and Ryan, I want you to give me your Saints predictions as of now. Obviously it can change, injuries, whatever, before the season. But I want you to give me your predictions and I want you to tell people how they can find your podcast and where they can find you on Twitter. Although they probably they're on, they know how to find you on Twitter because they're here. But tell them how to find your podcast, Ryan. Uh, Saints, I, I had them at 10 games, but right now I'm just feeling like 11. Ooh, I like that. My Pete comments didn't talk you down to 10 and 7. Huh? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> good, good. I already have, have Pete factored in, man. Like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I feel like they can win 11 games. Uh, um, I think it's going to be an interesting season, man. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, Andrew, I think you made a good point about the safeties on defense. It wouldn't surprise me if the Saints defense starts off a little, I ain't going to say slow, but you're going to see some busted coverages and stuff like that as they kind of figure things out. Uh, with You know, you're losing Marcus Williams and um, Malcolm Jenkins. Like, that's a lot of communication and veteran savvy gone. And, you know, we bring in veterans, but they're new to the system. So I think, you know, things could be bumpy early and get better over the season. But that said, man, you know, check us out on Saints Twitter Podcast. You just look up hashtag Saints Twitter Podcast on your podcast app or follow us on uh, at Saints Twit Pod on Twitter. And I post, you know, I post our podcast all the time. Man, my co-host Adam, we just talk our Saints shit. Um, we're just fans talking our shit, try to bring like a realistic approach to you know being a Saints fan um so just check us out I love it it is my drive time 
uh, podcast into Houston when the traffic is makes me want to kill myself. Twitter Saints Twitter pod keeps me sane. I so uh, TJ Saints prediction record and then tell the people how to find the state of the Saints. Well, to be honest, I, I mean I haven't really thought about it as far as their record, but I will say um, I think they're going to be a playoff team. Um, I think that they're going to be really good. Uh, I think the defense. Uh, like like y'all mentioned, um, I think they're going to have a, a few hiccups, you know, because of the communication issues. But I do think that they're going to be one of the best defenses uh, out there. You know, I think that this team is hungry. I think they have something to prove. And uh, you have a lot of guys out here, you know, who want to be a champion. I mean, most um, more, the guy in particular is uh, Cam Jordan. So, you know, I think that these guys are going to be playing inspired ball. Uh, I expect for the offense to be better. You know, it can't be any worse than what we seen last year. <laughs> it cannot. What we, we was hoping and praying, like, you know, like we got a downtown last $10 at a casino hoping and wishing that Kevin White, you know what I'm saying, catch a pass down the sideline. <laughs> Kevin White, he so caught a pass and we treated it like it was the, tr- the, the, the assistant trainer scoring a basket in a college <laughs> game blowout. Uh, I mean, maybe for him, you know, I mean, he celebrated like, I don't know if y'all ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire, but he celebrated like Cuba Gooden when he got knocked out and got back up or something. Like I was looking for him to do a break dance, but, uh, but yeah, I expect for them to have a, a really good season. I'm excited to see it. I mean, I mean, it just a, feels like a new beginning. feels like, you know, uh, when the Saints made that transition from Haslett uh, to Peyton, so I'm excited about it. But uh, you all can check me out on the State of the Saints podcast on YouTube, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter, TJ Jones 8. And also, uh, this, um, check me out on the Who That Dish. I write articles for the Who That Dish as a contributor. So, who that dish.com is where you can find me as well. And it, this has been awesome. We're, we're going to do this again. Uh, Ross Jackson. Yeah, had, he had, it, it's it's been great. Yeah, I just want to say thank you all so much yeah, for joining we, us. He had TJ's a, a YouTube legend, and uh, Ryan, you do a great job with your podcast, and uh, th- those are great, great shows. And uh, I, I I listen to them all the time, and uh, th- those guys really know what they're talking about, as you can tell from their visit with us today. So uh, yeah, yeah, we're doing check them out. We're doing this again. I think this is a great the, the spaces is a great way for all the Saints podcast people to just come in together. We can we can shoot the shit because Saints Twitter. I've seen those other teams. Saint, they ain't got nothing on Saints Twitter. Like, Saints Twitter, we go at each other some hard sometimes, but as far as, like, fun fan bases, nobody nobody can touch Saints Twitter, I don't think, of all the other fan bases that I that I poke around. So, guys, check out Ryan's podcast. Check out, check out TJ. Follow him on Twitter. Guys, thanks for joining us. We're going to do this again. Uh, thanks, thanks for joining us, and we will see you again tomorrow. Today's episode of Saints Happy Hour is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They are here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. Go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, open Instagram, and type in at sportsdrink, spelled sports drink without the vowels. That's S P R T S. D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out.
The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.